up? It's The Rant. My name's Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Tuesday, June 30th. And you know what? We're kind of in the in the dead zone. <laughs> the news cycle is pretty slow around the, uh, the NFL right now, and that's not a bad thing. We're in the dead zone of the NFL calendar year, so that's why we're rolling out these team previews. It's really a great time of the year to set the stage for what we expect from each of these teams. So for the next, well, now 15 shows, because we started it off uh, last week, we'll be rolling straight on through all 32 teams in the NFL, breaking down the depth charts. I'll talk a little bit about my projections for these guys, my rankings for these guys, my expectations for these guys along the way. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the Baltimore Ravens and Buffalo Bills. So let's take it from the top with these Baltimore Ravens. Of course, the top being Lamar Jackson. Remember when you could get him in the late rounds last year? Wasn't that nice? Because it ain't happening this year. He's going to be drafted probably in the second round of most drafts. You may be listening and saying, no, no, Jeff. He's going in the first round of my home league draft. Yeah, that's going to happen in some home leagues. There's no doubt about it. People will fall in love with the production. They'll fall in love with the ceiling And I I get that part of it. The challenge, though, of course, is today there's so many quarterbacks. I talked about this ad nauseum on this show, and we've only had, you know, we're only on the seventh episode right now. But there's so much value a quarterback that you you just should not be wasting an early round pick. I don't care who the quarterback is. Lamar is amazing. He's actually a very pleasant human being as well. I've had the pleasure of meeting Lamar Jackson, but I'm not drafting him that early. Now, there is a value-breaking point for every single guy, though. I should say this. You know, I'll often tell people, you know, there's no such thing as do not draft. Do not draft, well, I guess you could do do not draft a player who's injured now for the rest of the season or, or out for the entire season. But for me, it's do not draft a player in this range. Do not draft Lamar Jackson in the second round. If by some crazy circumstance he somehow makes it to the fourth round oh you best believe I'm drafting Lamar Jackson but it's probably never gonna happen I mean no let's just say it's never gonna happen so not do not draft but do not draft in certain places do not draft at at, in this round or that round now that being said I do want to give a shout out to the super flex crowd to the two quarterback crowd because in that format well Lamar Jackson's very much a top five pick. I think you can make a case for him as the second overall pick. I could see that. I'm not going to, if I have the second overall pick, I'm not taking him. I've talked about this ad nauseum as well. I am taking my quarterbacks in the fourth, fifth, or sixth rounds. I'm going to take two quarterbacks in that range, four, five, six. I'm not going to take a quarterback in the first round because I would rather capitalize on running back wide receiver value in that range build a core, a sort of uh, trio of either two running backs and a wide out, two wide outs and a running back in that range, then pounce on quarterback. But I could, I mean, I'm not arguing with the people who are going to take Lamar as a premium guy in two quarterback or super flex leagues. No issue with that. Now, in terms of his projection, I mean, he was off the charts in terms of production last year, (laughs) 1,200 plus rushing yards. I have him still with an insane 926 rushing yards, which is a pretty sizable drop-off from last year. And that's not a knock on him. It's just last year was a historic year. We saw the year before was a historic year from Patrick Mahomes. And even if Mahomes had stayed healthy last year, 
we would have seen regression out of him. And regression is not a bad thing. I, I think that last year, the national media, in some ways, heard a lot of us analytics folks saying regression for Mahomes, and they read that as Mahomes getting worse. It does not mean getting worse. It just means moving towards the average. Mahomes had a historically good season in 2018. He was moving more towards the average last year. He was still really, 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 really freaking good, but moving more towards the average. Same thing with Lamar. Historically good season. Off the charts, not only as a runner, but as a passer. I've met 26 touchdowns this year. That's a big drop off. That's 10 touchdowns fewer than he had through the air last year. Still far and away the number one. Now, the rest of the team, though, is pretty interesting because I think, obviously, you know, you have Mark Andrews here. Mark Andrews is a budding star at tight end. He's sort of in that in-between tier because you have the elite tier of Kelsey and Kittle. Then you have that sort of in-between tier of Andrews and Ertz, maybe Waller. Some people are throwing Waller in there. I think that's fair. Before you get to the the area where I like to draft tight ends in the sixth to eighth round. But Andrews is a stud. And he doesn't have Hayden Hurst to compete with. Now he really only has Nick Boyle, which isn't much of a competition for Andrews. I have Andrews, you know, certainly threatening a thousand yards receiving this year could easily go up over that. The receivers, though, you know, it's it's an interesting group to look at because Marquise Brown has massive, massive ability on any given play. You know, he's a home run hitter, a big play waiting to happen. The challenge that we face here. With a team that could, you know, go well over 500 rushing attempts, is how much meat is on the bone in the passing game? You know, I have Lamar at 463 passing attempts in terms of uh, projections. That's a low number, and it's actually an increase on last year. By the way, uh, last year only 401 passing attempts from Lamar last year, but still, it's just not a lot of meat on the bone. It's just not an offense like. Like the Rams, who you know last year threw up over 600 times, uh, up over 600 times for Tampa, for Atlanta, you know, Philly threw the ball a lot, Dallas threw the ball a lot, the Chargers threw the ball a lot, even Green Bay threw a decent amount. It's not a team that's going to throw a ton. It's not a team. We know that. We know that. So that's the one knock I have on Marquise Brown. Any given week, he can be a top 10 guy, but there's going to be weeks where he does disappear. So you have to just be ready for that ride if you're going to draft him. Otherwise, I mean, deep dynasty, I'm still looking at Miles Boykin. Size, speed, can can we see him? You know, Can he figure out a way to get on the same page with Lamar, take a step forward on the field? That's not really the area of intrigue. The area of intrigue is the running backs. There's no doubt about it. You have Mark Ingram coming off a wildly efficient season last year. Ingram was off the charts efficient. And I'll, I'll be honest, you know, I, I viewed Ingram last year maybe a little bit higher than I have now. I mean, I think he's top 30, but I don't think he's top 25 now. I viewed him as I think he's top 25, but I don't know if he's top 20. I think I had him at 21 when fantasy draft season rolled around. He ended up finishing 11th. So he definitely exceeded expectation, but it was that efficiency that was off the charts. Over five yards per carry. Uh, 10 rushing touchdowns on 200 attempts. He also scored five receiving touchdowns. The dude had 15 touchdowns on 228 touches. That's insane. And I think, you know, for sure this year we're going to see 
you know, we're going to see regression there. Not a bad thing. He's getting a little bit long in the tooth. Now, granted, Mark Ingram is one of those backs where even though he's north of 30, I don't know if we're as concerned, but every year you play north of 30 as a running back, man, you start to see, you know, the, the, the decline start to sink in. So do we see that happen this year with him? And the thing that, that ultimately says for me that could be a possibility is the fact that the team did go out and draft J.K. Dobbins. I mean, last year we saw them draft Justice Hill. Justice Hill is a scat back. Justice Hill is not a guy who's going to come in and take over on early downs. J.K. Dobbins, although not a big guy, you know, it's not like J.K. Dobbins comes in at like six foot 220. You know, um, he actually measured out a lot smaller than that at the combine, checking in at um, 5'9", 209. I mean, no, he's not he's not tiny, but he's he's a little bit on the shorter side. Not not a big deal. Still a guy who could be a three down back at the pro level. No doubt in my mind. He was he was very involved in the passing game at the college level. So, you know, in fact, he has a lot of similarities with Mark Ingram, you know, in, in that regard. So something to keep in mind there, how quickly do we see him get integrated? You know, is this something where Ingram goes from a 200-plus carry guy to like a 150? Well, I have him at 164 right now. At 164, again, it's going to be tough to be top 25. You know, you're talking probably more like I have him at 27. And then I have Dobbins at 125 carries. And he comes in at running back 42 for me right now. That's the challenge. And that's why I've been fading Ingram, generally speaking, for the most part in uh, drafts this year. Uh, so let's move on. And I don't mind taking a shot at, uh, on Dobbins, by the way. Let's move on to the Buffalo Bills. Of course, another running quarterback here in Josh Allen. Man, these running quarterbacks... They don't have to be the best passers in the world, and I'm sorry, Bills fans, you can get angry at me all you want. Josh Allen is not one of the best passers in the world. He can he can improve. I'm not saying he can't, so, you know, there's that. But he's, he's not particularly efficient, and this is going back to his college days. We knew this was a knock on him. The one thing I didn't realize about him coming into the pro level, though, is how good of a runner he is, and he's not the same type of runner as Lamar. A lot of what Lamar is doing is very much designed. Lamar will scramble. There's no doubt about it. But it's very much designed. A lot of what Josh Allen is doing is not designed. It's him freelancing. It's him scrambling. And it's him being extremely productive in the process. I mean, when you consider what he's been able to do already in his career, you know, for fantasy purposes, let's throw the football conversation to the side right now. For fantasy purposes, he's been, now he was tw- quarterback 21 in 2018, but really he was he was a QB1 because he takes over, you know, essentially he he's in, in week 12 after he returned, we see him just catch fire. Quarterback number five in week 12, number two in week 13, number five in week 14, number four in week 15. Now he did have a bad one in week 16, quarterback 21, but then number one in week 17. So in six games, he has five top tens. Then last year, not the best start. And again, down the stretch, catches fire, except for week 14, and really does a nice job, finishes as the number eight fantasy quarterback. He scored eight rushing touchdowns 
and we in 2018 and I said ah it's not sustainable we're gonna see regression yeah he scored nine last year so the guy has a nose for the end zone he's he's not gonna rival Lamar in terms of rushing attempts but he's gonna be among the highest in the league at quarterback and rushing attempts and that obviously means a high fantasy floor for Josh Allen I have met 99 right now last year he was just over 100 590 rushing yards, six, six rushing touchdowns. Now, granted, only 18 passing scores, only 3,300 passing yards, which the passing yards, that's a little bit of an uptick. He had 20 passing scores last year, so he's right in the same range of my projections there. But all of that said, he's still a top 10 fantasy quarterback. Now, there's more volatility if he if it's if you're talking about weeks where he doesn't rush, yeah, it could be a little dicey. But he's going to run most weeks, and he does have a pretty high fantasy ceiling. I mean, we've seen him finish as the weekly number one twice already in his two-year career. And the thing that I do like for Allen especially is that, you know, last year he had he had John Brown. And John Brown had a nice season. You know, kudos to John Brown. Kudos to anybody who took John Brown. He was a heck of a value last year. No doubt about it. But it's not only John Brown this year, and Cole Beasley's there. Cole Beasley, for me, is not a fantasy guy whatsoever, but he's a good football player, and you like to have good football players for your fantasy quarterback, right? But it's really the the trade for Stephon Diggs that is crucial here. In Stephon Diggs last year, we saw a very high upside wideout. He wasn't as heavily targeted. You know, we saw his targets drop off pretty dramatically from 2018, but he ends up putting up more yards. He had 1,021 yards in 18. He had 1,125 last year. And a big part of that was the high A dot. So, you know, on basically 50 fewer targets, he had, he had uh, what, 30 more, roughly 30 more air yards. 1385 in 2018, 1416 last year because that ADOT was at 15.6. That is key. And it obviously worked for Minnesota and it worked for for Diggs for fantasy. He had eight receptions of, of 40 plus. I mean, monster there. What I like about it though is that when you look at what, what does Allen want to do? Allen wants to run the football or throw the ball downfield. You know, that's really what he wants to do. He excels in chucking the ball downfield. And maybe excels is is a little bit hyperbolic, but at the same time, hey man, he's gonna throw it downfield. And Diggs can get open downfield. So there's I'm not saying this is gonna be a consistent connection by any means, but it's gonna be one that's gonna create some fireworks. And it wouldn't surprise me if people win million dollar uh DFS contest with this stack, the Allen Diggs stack. For Diggs, the consistency is going to be the challenge, though, so I'm not any higher on him than wide receiver three territory. Currently, I have him at 26. I think that's a fair range to be looking at him. And the nice thing about Diggs is I've seen him every so often. He kind of slips in drafts just far enough where you get a little value. Get a little value on him. If Diggs is your third receiver, I think you're in a pretty good spot. You know, if you can even, you know, I don't think you get him as your fourth receiver, but heck, if you did, I'm all in on that. There's no real tight ends to talk about here. I mean, I think Dawson Knox did a nice job last year, and I don't mind his dynasty outlook, but I'm not really, you know, not all in on him this year. So the backfield is where we need to decipher. Because heading into the draft, before the draft, I said, 
I really like Devin Singletary. I think he could outplay where a lot of people were ranking him. They were ranking him right around 18, 19, 20. I was like, I think he can outplay that. He's got obvious big playability that we saw from last year, and he had no competition on that depth chart because TJ Yeldon wasn't going to do anything. And obviously, Gore was out of the mix. Now, we did hear rumblings that they were looking at Melvin Gordon. That didn't happen, but the team goes and drafts Zach Moss out of Utah to basically take the Frank Gore role in that offense. And there are some similarities between Zach Moss and Frank Gore, so I can see that 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 sort of comp of what uh, you know how the team is viewing him. So unfortunately for me that takes the wind out of Devin Singletary's sales. I don't think there's enough volume for Singletary to be considered a top 20 guy. I just don't see it. I have him outside of the top 20 uh, but I'm not, you know, not overly down on him. I have him at RB24. I mean, in that range, sure, if you're getting him at the right price, then I don't mind it. But you just have to realize that I, I do think Zach Moss is going to be a bit of a headache. Now, that being said, if, if Zach Moss goes down, then yes, yeah, Singletary is really appealing or vice versa. If Singletary goes down, then Zach Moss could be pretty appealing because this is a run favorable offense here that, um, you know, I have I don't have him anywhere near <laughs> what I have for. Uh, Baltimore, but I have them at 458 rushing attempts. I do think that they, you know, they're going to prioritize the run. And then when you have Josh Allen on the field, having that mobile quarterback actually is is a little bit helpful for the running backs. So just keep that in mind, but don't get too crazy. I'm seeing Devin Singletary routinely go inside of the top run, top 20 running backs in drafts that I'm in. And I do think that's a little bit ambitious given what the numbers are saying and given the expected role for Zach Moss in year one. So there you go. We got uh, Buffalo out of the way. We got Baltimore out of the way. Coming up on our next pod, we will talk about Carolina. Very interesting. Teddy, Joe Brady. Very, very interesting there. And, uh, of course, the Chicago Bears as well. Is there any love for David Montgomery this year? Nick Foles under center. Uh, that'll be a lot of fun. So that's coming up on the pod tomorrow. In the meantime, keep those reviews coming. Review and rate the show on iTunes. It really helps me out. You guys have delivered so far. So if you haven't reviewed the show, uh, please do so. It takes like two seconds, literally. Just stars, couple words, you're done. And then you helped me out. I've, you can also, of course, follow along with me on Twitter at Jeff Ratcliffe and on Instagram at Jeff Ratcliffe. Use the hashtag Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show and I'll make sure to prioritize you. FTN is coming. That's all I'm going to say. FTN is coming. Big announcements maybe tomorrow. All right. I will catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe and I'm out of here. 